It greatly reduces the complexity of application delivery, which at the end of the day is what all of this is about. It's about connecting users with the applications, which are the keys to the kingdom effectively of an enterprise. And this is a mechanism for doing exactly that. Hello and welcome to Explain It, brought to you by Softcat, the show for IT professionals by IT professionals that aims to simplify the complex and often overcomplicated bits of enterprise IT without compromising on the detail. Welcome back to another episode of Explain It. I'm your host, Zach Abbott, and over the next 20-ish minutes, I'll be challenging our panel of experts to take a different area of the IT ecosystem and, of course, explain it. In this episode, we're going to talk about Windows Virtual Desktop, what it is, why an organization should care about it, and what's the future. Joining me today to discuss this is Adam Harding, Softcast Chief Technologist for Digital Workspace, Tom Hickling, who is Microsoft's Windows Virtual Desktop Global Black Belt, and Jez Hazeman, who is Director of SI Development and Microsoft Alliances in the EMEA for Citrix. Uh, so in the previous season, we used to do an interesting fact. Don't worry, no pressure. We've scrapped that. But if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Starting with Adam. Pick and mix. Pick and mix. Yeah, pick and mix. Why? It's a gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know we're going to get bored of pick and mix. Yep. All part of uh, your five a day as well, so that's good, I guess. Tom, I I have got a soft spot for um, Italian caprese salad on Italian toasting bread. Okay, so they make bread that you don't eat as bread, has to be toasted, and then you put your caprese salad on top. That is very nice, beyond fancy. Makes me sound uncultured. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can only get it from Waitrose, yeah. by the way. Oh. <laughs> Other supermarkets are available. Yeah, absolutely. Jez, uh, I think for me, if I go for a default, I'm going to have something to eat. It'll be uh, a pan-fried salmon with spinach and lentils. Oh, that pick and mix is just so far down the line. I tell you what, there's, there's going to be fans of that. Yeah, well, of course, I'm, I'm with you guys. It'd be eggs Benedict, obviously. You don't, you don't eat a salmon whilst watching a movie, do you? No, true. No, that's very true. Tom, first time on the podcast. So aside from expertly beating people up as a black belt, uh, what does that role entail? So a global black belt in Microsoft is a person and a team that are dedicated to specific workloads. Um, there's only a small number of them. Uh, so for example, networking in Azure is a complex topic and always had a dedicated global black belt team or new incubation products. So WVD is a new product. It requires sort of deep technical knowledge and hence gets a global black belt team of which I am one of them in EMEA. And we just go around karate chopping people to start adopting WVD. Lovely. And uh, Jez, your role, Director of SI Development and Microsoft Alliances. It's quite a lengthy job title. Uh, what is it that you actually do? Everyone loves a job title. So, yeah, so um, realistically, my job is all about um, driving the relationship between uh, Citrix and Microsoft. I obviously built a relationship in the UK. I, had, I come from a background, I was 17 years at Microsoft. So I was ideally placed to take the relationship on uh, to the next level from a Citrix standpoint. Uh, that's developed even more as our organization is transforming, uh, as we are becoming more and more of a cloud-first organization. 
you know, our business was basically built on Microsoft from the start and we've diversified from that. But our relationship with Microsoft and our investment in Azure is key to our growth. So um, I now have a team of individuals around EMEA who are all aligned and dedicated to driving that in their geographies. So Adam, what is VDI and where is it relevant? Well, let's, let's go back a little bit. Let's talk about what a virtual desktop is from the, from the beginning. So, so really what virtual desktop infrastructure was about and uh, virtual apps was about was abstracting the operating system, the application and the data from devices that were in people's hands, then hosting them within data centers, whether they be your own, whether it be a colo, whether it be one of the hyperscaler clouds, and then presenting it back to people via a browser or uh, an agent so that they could access it from anywhere at any time from any location. Um, so that's that's the, the, the heritage of, of, the, of the virtual desktop infrastructure. Windows Virtual Desktop is um, different because it joins the parade of cloud desktops. Well, that's how I'm referring to them anyway. And really that's about taking the I out of VDI, the infrastructure, and letting somebody else do that work for you. So uh, you, can, you will see this in Microsoft's Windows Virtual Desktop. You'll see this in uh, Citrix's Citrix Cloud. You'll see it in AWS Workspaces. You'll see it in VMware Horizon Cloud. They're all different, but it's about abstracting the infrastructure and them looking after the bit that was and has been historically very complex to design, deploy, optimize and kind of operate and very costly to get going. There's a lot of, um, you know, top grade infrastructure that's, that is the bed beneath all of these things. So VDI is a powerful tool and it's going to remain relevant, if not mission critical for a lot of organizations for a long time to come. As an industry, we're under massive pressure to appease the risk averse and paranoid uh, whilst empowering mobility, collaboration, productivity and the work-life balance uh, and also supporting the obsessive drive for that consumer-grade user experience because this is all about user experience. To strike the right balance, some organizations are going to need tools that allow people to access the applications and data they need without that data ever leaving the boundaries of the DC or in this hyperscale instance. Most are going to also need a fistful of get-out-of-jail-free cards to enable users to consume those legacy applications in ways that they were never intended to be consumed. And many will still need their people to have the freedom to securely access all of the services from whichever type of device the user picks up next. Perfect. And Tom, how does Windows Virtual Desktop differ from other solutions that are out there? So let's give the short answer. So WVD is a Microsoft-owned and operated PaaS service, effectively, for the management and orchestration of that estate uh, that Adam just mentioned, of virtual machines that are hosting the apps and desktop for the, for the uh, organization. The slightly longer answer is that WVD is the next evolution, the, a major evolution of our RDS capability, which has been around for, for about 30 years. It runs exclusively in Azure. So it's a, like I said, that Microsoft service that the customer just consumes. So the customer no longer has to do any forecasting for virtual machine um, and infrastructure uh, usage. They don't have to do any procurement, any deployment, any patching, any break fix. It's an evergreen service for that management. So the customer still has to manage the virtual machines that are hosting their apps and the desktop. So we're not quite there yet with a full end-to-end -end desktop as a service, um, but those virtual machines will reside in the customer's Azure subscription. And it basically connects up to the WVD management service that also, is, like I said, is operating in Azure. 
So the customer then has to go and deploy these virtual machines, install the applications, um, and then present that out to their to their user base. Now they can choose any of the virtual machines that are currently available in the Azure region or Azure regions that they they want to uh, deploy into. So they can choose any of the current fifty four Azure regions that are available to them to then go and distribute these VMs globally if they've got users dotted around the globe, um, but have that managed from that one single management plane that Microsoft operates. So we are effectively providing them with an evergreen management service with an evergreen operating system in Windows 10, also with an evergreen version of Office. So Office 365 Pro Plus has been optimized specifically for for the WVD workload. And Jez, how does Citrix synergize with WVD? So Citrix as an organization are certified to extend and enhance WVD, which is important. And going back to Tom's point, you know, from an RDS perspective, you know, and over the last 30 years, we've been doing exactly that from a, uh, from a, an on-premise perspective. We've, you know, if your customer was, was happy with RDS, fantastic. If you need anything more complex, Citrix was the uh, solution of choice to actually uh, enhance that. So from uh, Citrix virtual apps and desktops perspective, you know, Tom mentioned that it's, you know, native Azure. We bring all of the enterprise capability on top of that, i.e. we have many, many enhancements to Windows Virtual Desktops. And the key ones here are, A, it's multi-cloud. So, you know, you can you can use any cloud provider. You, if you have a hybrid environment, and I would I would wager that most enterprises probably have an high, a hybrid requirement, then we, we allow that. And, you know, from a legacy on-prem, Tom mentioned Azure Stack. But, for, you know, and if you can afford Azure Stack, that's fantastic. But if, if you want to be more cost-effective, then uh, Citrix Virtual Apps and Desktop Service will provide that. Also, our HDX capability, and our team's optimization. So there are lots of lots of capabilities on top, but it's the it's the traditional story where Microsoft have gone eighty percent of the journey, and actually Citrix have, have um, added the twenty percent really to to drive all of that uh, uh, enhanced capability that your enterprise customer is going to need. Yeah, one of the words that's been thrown around a lot by you guys that is customers. Um, just wanted to maybe ask uh, what kind of organizations do you see benefiting from Windows Virtual Desktop or is there a specific? I wouldn't say there is a specific organization. Every customer. Every customer that has Virtual Desktop in their environment will benefit if they move to to WVD. So it's a broad capability um, and it kind of fits for a large chunk of users. So WVD is kind of future-proof as well as cognizant of the fact that there's lots of users, lots of enterprises out there with legacy uh, infrastructure. So one of the great things about WVD is it will support Windows 7 and Microsoft will provide customers that are moving Windows 7 VDI to WVD with three years of free extended security updates free of charge. So there's quite, I've seen some quite eye-watering bills for customers who are doing this on-premises so that, that cost is being completely and utterly removed for customers that want to shift those Windows 7 VDIs up into Azure. In the future as well, obviously, there's going to be a whole load of new cloud-first sort of capabilities. So Intune support, so cloud-based management for these devices, removing any of the legacy requirements. So one of the things on the roadmap that's coming at some point in the not-so-distant future is 
um, Azure AD only authentication. So no requirement for Active Directory. Now lots, in fact, probably all organizations out there have Active Directory, but at some point in the future, they're going to want to move off of that and be fully Azure only. So having a desktop in Azure, using Azure AD for authentication, um, using Office 365 from the Microsoft Cloud without any requirement coming back to on-premises, data centers, or any other legacy infrastructure. Just coming back to what Tom said there, Windows 7, as you know, has now gone end of life. So there will be, you know, as Tom said, there's some eye-watering bills over three years for you to support Windows 7 on-premise. Now, moving uh, your Windows 7 estate to Windows Virtual Desktops is going to give you free security patches updates for three years, which is going to allow you in your environment to, you know, migrate to Windows 10 in the in the correct time frame and get it right. Now, I think just coming back to this, remember, and why why is that important? I think because if you have those enterprise SKUs and you have that capability, you're not paying for anything. Okay. It's, there's no additional cost for you to do that. So why wouldn't you? So from a Citrix perspective, you know, just coming to the basic elements of it, VD, you know, VDI and virtualization now is really being looked at. And, and I think it's, and I, it's a comedy moment for me, really, because as I said, virtualization, we've been doing it for 30 years. All of a sudden, Windows Virtual Desktops come along and it's like the new shiny thing, which is great and absolutely really driving that momentum. But, you know, I think why would you not look at that if you have actually uh, invested in the capability to do it? And it's going to get you out of trouble from a Windows 7 perspective. And and I would I would just say, Softcat have been helping with uh, virtual desktops for 15 years, yeah. 20 years, something like that. It's been a long time. And I've never known more organizations contact us about a development than they have since Windows Virtual Desktop was even announced in, in public beta. The groundswell and momentum around people, in customer interest in this is... Is actually overwhelming. I knew it was going to be big, but I've downplayed it a little bit. But it's, it's huge. It's everything that everyone's talking about. And I think we have to do. A, we have to try and help the the community out because there's there's a lot of demystifying that's got to go on here. Because uh, you know people are selling Microsoft short. There is uh, from the the first instance. Oh, it's just VDI and Azure that I'm getting included in some licenses I have. That's not true. It's a real evolution on the underlying platform. Um, people are selling the Citrix, and to be fair to our friends at VMware and, 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 and other places, they're selling those guys short because they don't actually understand how they can take that on further to help customers solve the niggles and the real-world challenges that in its, in its native form, Windows Virtual yeah, Desktop yeah, doesn't yeah. meet. And the reality is every enterprise out there has a desktop of some flavor. Yeah. Lots of organizations have lots of services that they can go and move to the cloud, but every organization has a desktop. Um, that might be virtual or it might be some physical desktop. There's a future roadmap and capability for that kind of workload moving forward into the next 30 years, potentially, before we're yeah. doing something completely different. Um, and this is providing new runway, effectively, for that virtual desktop estate that the customer no longer has to manage. Um, so you're right. It's not just the next version of something. This is the it's a step change. It's a substantial evolution yeah. in, in the overall life cycle of this kind of capability. And I think as as you as we come back to the Citrix and Microsoft story, customers, you know, with with both Citrix and Microsoft, you know, you will get the best experience now with Windows Virtual Desktops, and that will evolve as this new direction actually, uh, you know, becomes de facto across 
the way that customers consume their desktops for their organizations and for customers. So, you know, it's um, it's a very exciting time for us. And as we're coming back to what Tom and, and Adam were saying, the actual momentum, and I know Tom and I have spoken around the the overwhelming weight of requests that you have from direct from customers, Tom. It's it's you, there's not enough time in the day at the moment. Uh, so we've gone through uh, what WVD is, um, why organisations should uh, consider it, and how they can benefit from it. But something you briefly alluded to, Tom, is the future for WVD. Obviously, it's been around since September 2019. What does the future look like? Are there any plans for increased capabilities? I know you've mentioned a couple already, but is there any further? Yeah, so there is a long, long list of items that are on our roadmap, as well as a longer list of items that are on a list that are not quite on the roadmap at this point (laughs) in time. What I would say is, going back to my original point around RDS being dependent upon Windows Server, Windows Virtual Desktop is dependent on Azure now, completely and utterly different beast. Now, Azure gets updates, in fact, multiple updates every single day. So there's hundreds, if not thousands of updates that get put into that service uh, over, over a year. Now, WVD can now take advantage of all of the capabilities that Azure and Office 365 provides to customers. So, and it also enables the development team to be dropping in updates to WVD specifically onto the platform whenever whenever they deem fit effectively. So customers are on the cutting edge of technology that Microsoft develops and then tests and then introduces into our production platform. So some of the things that are definitely coming, like I mentioned, Azure AD only support, um, Intune support, things from our acquisition from FS Logic. So one of the sort of new game changers is this thing called Appattach. So this is the capability of presenting MSIX applications to a virtual machine. In fact, it's really to the user. So these VHDs follow the user. They get mounted when the user logs in and those applications, whilst not physically installed in any way, shape or form, appear to the OS and to the user as if they are completely and utterly installed. So no impact on the virtual machine in terms of installation. That application is is packaged up, put into um, an MSIX application onto a VHD. VHD is mounted to that VM. That VHD can be shared across many multiple users so it, it greatly reduces the complexity of application delivery, which at the end of the day is what all of this is about. It's about connecting users with the applications, which are the keys to the kingdom effectively of an enterprise. And this is a mechanism for doing exactly that. Now, there's additional Azure regions. So we're currently, I think it's only in about five today. There's another four that are being currently built out. But that long list of other Azure regions is going to to increase as well as dropping into new Azure regions, which aren't even complete yet. So lots and lots of things that are coming that could never have happened before without this migration to Azure. So um, what would you say other vendors are doing? Have, are there any uh, competitors emerging, et cetera? There, there are obviously other people in the space. Yeah. Amazon have workspaces. Um, VMware have yeah. Horizon Cloud. Yeah. The reality is it's still an emerging market. Um, and when you get under the covers, have extreme, have widely varying uh, capability. The the things that really make the Windows Virtual Desktop stand out is that 
Windows multi-session, mm -hmm. so we can benefit, as Tom said, from application compatibility that you get from uh, a VDI, but also the scale and the cost control that you get from, from RDS on the Windows Server platform. We have Windows extended support till 2023, uh, as Jez has spoken about at some length, which is something you're not going to achieve elsewhere outside of that Windows virtual desktop world. It is a license entitlement from Microsoft, so you know, your G Suite customers aren't going to be entitled to it. No. Um, so there are a lot of differentiators about this specific service. Yeah, I think Adam's spot on there. I mean, this is a, you know, this is an emerging market. GA was re very recent. Um, you know, we've spoken about day one support. You know, we were in a position ourselves where we're, you know, a little bit ahead of the game working with Microsoft at the moment because we we are the only organization currently who can extend and enhance WVD. You know, the, the, our friends at VMware will come to market surely in, in the middle of this year at some point with the solution. But uh, reality dictates that, you know, the, the, the motion at the moment is, is, is landing very heavily with, with us. Actually, we spoke about earlier around Citrix and Microsoft, you know, why do I need Citrix anymore? That conversation has moved on since GA, actually, and, and, and being at Microsoft Ignite, the customer actually comes to us now and, and actually really does understand the capability of where Microsoft stop and where Citrix begin. You know, when it first started, there was obviously limited collateral out there and, and information and people didn't understand, but everyone understands now. It's been great for Citrix because now customers, large global banks are asking us about our innovation and asking us about where we're going, which is which is great for us. So, you know, the market will evolve, new players will come in. You know, I know that uh, Tom will look at me and, you know, going up against Amazon Workspaces is, is, is key for those guys. And, you know, G Suite, I'm sure, and Google will, will, will have an answer at some point, but it's embryonic. It's, it's, it's actually... It's, I wouldn't say the Wild West, but it's, it's settling now into defining that path of what it's going to be. It's that, it's that early. So if we fast forward um, sort of five or 10 years, do you see this as being the standard for every organization? Do you think it's unavoidable? Like Windows Virtual Desktop in some capacity will be used in every organization? Or? So in some respects, then absolutely yes. We've got customers that not only are they moving out of their, their data centers some of them, some of these big enterprises are actually selling their data centers to Microsoft. They are. And they then end up becoming Azure regions. That just shows that organizations are moving away from the traditional data center because it's not what they do as a business. So why do we run these massively expensive data centers when there's someone else that can do it far, far better and at a much uh, cheaper cost? Like we've said, Every organization has a virtual desktop or a desktop of some flavor. Um, that is also going to be moving to the cloud. It, it is effectively uh, inevitable. Um, so I see the future of, of virtual desktop being in the cloud with all of the same vendors providing the same choice to those customers so that they can, in some respects, stick with the same paradigm that they've already got but now they've taken advantage of the development that Citrix and VMware and the others are providing, but with the scale and the future proofing that Azure will be providing to those customers. Okay, well, that is about it for the episode. Um, before we go, Adam, quickly, 10-second summary. What is WVD? Why is it important? And what is the future for it? So Windows Virtual Desktop is uh, virtual desktops and virtual apps abstracted up into Azure um, with the control plane and the management plane owned and controlled by Microsoft. So you essentially get a turnkey service for VDI. 
it's important because it makes it accessible to a whole new um, raft of organizations that could neither afford to deploy virtual desktop infrastructure in, uh, historically and didn't have the skills to deal with the complexity. And the future is greater innovation for all of our customers at the pace that Microsoft can drive and Citrix can drive and, and the other partners in the ecosystem. Uh, it's greater visibility, it's greater cost control, and it's greater reach. Great. Thank you very much. That is it for this episode of Explain It. Adam, Jez, Tom, it has been really interesting talking to you. Thank you very much for your time. If anything in this show has piqued your interest and you'd like to talk about it more with someone at Softcat, do get in touch, podcast at softcat.com. And please do check out the rest of our shows. You can subscribe to our podcast at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much for listening to Explain It from Softcat. Softcat.